today this episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. And within minutes, you're up and running. Printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new rate advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's absolutely no risk. And with my promo code, POD, that's P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in POD. That's P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code P-O-D. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Ladies and gentlemen, especially if you have a small business, it is really, you know how hard it is to get things going. It's usually a one-man show. And I've had only positive experiences with stamps.com. Try it. You'll like it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Stacy Bartley. Who's Stacy? Who's Stacy? Well, Stacy's a clinical hypnotherapist, a certified divorce mediator. I love that term. Um, I thought to myself when I read that certified divorce mediator, she must get hit with all of the rotten eggs or tomatoes from either one or the other side. A certified strategic intervention coach, graduate of energy and intuitive science, lifelong study of psychology, human sexuality, and universal principles. She's a speaker and workshop facilitator facilitator for medical and mental health professionals professionals, as well as contributing to two wellness programs for Fortune 500 companies. She's a faculty member of the HEAT Academy with Dr. Frances Valla, who, um, to accomplish the mission of whole person transformation. Let's lead with that. Come on in, Stacey. Welcome to Multiple Voices. I'm so glad you took the time and you have- Oh, you know, thank to- you. Oh, it's Great. such a pleasure, Claudia. Great. Um, Great. Listen, I wanted to lead with this um, HEAT, the HEAT Academy, and what is this mission 
of the whole person transformation? Dr. Francis Vola is the creator of this. He mm -hmm. is a medical doctor out of Canada. He yeah. has taken his expertise as, as well as the expertise of many, many people mm -hmm. um, to create this heat system. And the heat system is, he addresses the financial well-being, he addresses the physical health well-being, which is his expertise. He has practitioners such as myself that come in and address the relational, spiritual aspect of things. And so when you first come onto the heat system, which anybody can do for free, you mm -hmm. basically go through a self-analysis on what he calls the life wheel. Mm -hmm. And on that life wheel, you just assess, where am I at in these critical categories of whole person wellness? Uh -huh. And then based on that, the system or the process will say, okay, this is where you're at. And then over time you set up a profile and you can track where you are. And so for example, okay. if you're struggling in your relationships, when you first come in, you would work with me in the relational department, and then we would do another assessment of that profile. And then you yeah. would get kicked back to, you know what, actually I'm noticing that I'm having some physical problems as yeah. well. Really the genius behind the whole heat system is this Mary of something that I've been teaching for a long time in my work, which is the physical body and the emotional body, and it's real. Uh -huh. And they work in harmony and conjunction. And so if I have emotional upset or trauma going on in my body, it's going to throw off eventually physically. Mm -hmm. And this, this marriage of the two is something that he does a, a really good job at. Uh, let's do, what does HEAT stand for? H-E-A-T. Do you know? The human empowerment. Something. Transformation. Something. I'm sad that I don't know that. <laughs> that's okay. Okay, then I'll work backwards here. I wanted to ask you about two wellness programs for Fortune 500 companies. What does that look like when you talk about wellness for a large company? Well, that's a beautiful question as well. There's a Mariala Porras. Um, she is a wonderful woman who does health and wellness again. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of a whole person care because of those principles we just talked about, the physical yeah. body and the emotional body. And we've got to start bringing these together when we start talking about wholeness or wellness as a human being, regardless of where I might find myself challenged currently, right? Because mm -hmm. these things are so integrated within us as a human being. Yeah. And a lot of Fortune 500 companies, um, Novartis happens to be one that I've done several workshops and programs with, um, the large pharmaceutical company. We've done several workshops with that organization. What and they're starting to like realize- typically? Um, you know, give me a typical person who attends something like this. Is there an age range, sex difference, um, male, female, more males, more females? What does that look like? Actually, these, these corporations are realizing it's for their, their employees. It's yeah, for people right. who actually work with inside of right. the company and they're male and female. Uh -huh. um, and they're trying to create productivity and a sense of wellness inside their organization, knowing that at the end of the day, that's going to drive success, right? right. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever the goals are of the corporation. And so more and more, we're seeing these large corporations come in and put together programs of wellness. So we can talk about the emotional side and the health side. Okay, talk so about you do. You do talk about the emotional side. Are they open? Do you find that um, many of them are closed or do they slowly open? How do, well, 
because I, I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine somebody coming from the corporate world, going in and talking about their emotions, you know? Well, you know, what's interesting as human beings, we love to share. Yeah, we that's really true. Do. That's and true. We love to connect and share. And, and the caveat to all of that is you've got to make it safe for me to share. Yes. Otherwise, I'm not going to share anything. Yeah. So it's all about this, this opening of safety to share. So, so certainly we don't have uh, people come in and start sharing, you know, the big, what I call the 5,000 pounders of yeah. our emotional upsets and challenges. Right, right. We start with little teeny tiny things because we know that in and of itself, um, this breeds safety. So for example, you know, what, say, what type of thing do you start with? Oh, I, I love to start with pick a color in the room. Ah, okay. Okay. Pick any color in the room Abstract. and mm -hmm. tell me what you see in that. Mm -hmm. And so people will say, well, I see the color blue. Uh, yeah. How does blue make you feel? Yeah. Blue makes me feel calm. Yeah. Blue mm -hmm. makes me feel happy. Blue right. makes me feel right um, at peace. Mm -hmm. And then when we translate that to say, okay, now I'm the color blue. Yeah. And I can start sharing those ah, aspects. Of very interesting. Mm. Right. So as I do that, I feel more and more safe in the room. And right. we start to get these little glimpses into the people that we enjoy um, yeah, I, well, yeah. Let, me, let me just back up there. We may not enjoy it at first, mm -hmm. but as we start to share little teeny tiny pieces of ourselves, which is the benchmark of connection to any human being. Yeah. Um, it's when I share a piece of me with you and you share a piece of you with me yeah. that we have these threads of connection that then make us feel like we're not strangers anymore. Mm -hmm. And in the corporate world, as you know, things can get pretty intense, right? Um, if not downright adversarial at times, yeah. but how is yeah. that much like our love relationships? Right. Very much right. like. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and when I'm working with a couple or I'm working with somebody in marketing that doesn't get along very well with somebody in, shall we say, design and development, um, those little pieces, we get to start opening up a little bit at a time. And then there's a connection that's created there where mm -hmm. you start to see, oh, we're really not so far apart as right. that feels. Right. Um, it's that I didn't understand this about you and you didn't understand right. this about me. Have you ever found, I mean, I'm getting to the juicy part. Have you ever found yeah. a couple on the job, you know, that a, no one knew about? Not in work. And not in working in, with the Fortune 500 companies. No. Okay, I have not specifically out. had a couple that were at odds within the organization itself. Uh -huh. I've not had okay. that experience. I was hoping to get a good juicy story. <laughs> <laughs> I have good juicy stories, but not, <laughs> but not from those companies. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the majority of my work, because I'm very passionate about this and I am invited to do corporate workshops um, and I love doing workshops, but you know where my heart is? My heart is with that couple and, and that family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's at home, right? Uh -huh. It really right. is. Right. Uh, so I, I focus more there than I do in the corporate. Okay. Corporate. So let me just ask one more question about the corporate world. How long do those sessions last both in terms of one session and go ongoing, do they have to go through a cycle of 10, for example? Are they 45 yeah. minutes, an hour and a half? How long are they? Uh, the, the programs that I've been involved in cover a variety of topics over anywhere from six to 12 weeks. Oh, okay. And so 
once they're, a week. We're not going to do mm-hmm. once a week. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to they're going to define it. Could be once a month. Could be once mm-hmm. a week. They're okay. going to define it according to their own group who it mm-hmm. is they're moving through it, uh, as well as you know the timing of what works within the corporation. So there's no set structure there mm-hmm. other than what works for the corporate arena. I think the exciting part is that we're starting to open up and have these types of right. conversations. Right. Exactly. In that arena, sure. Which I think is a huge yeah. breakthrough. So yeah. I I applaud Novartis um, for being cutting edge on this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only that, but doing it around different chapters of their organization yeah. throughout the world. So I, I think this is how we start this to is, bring unity. Right. I One think step in the right start. direction. Yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. Now, in terms of the timing for couples, let's say um, two companions come to you. Typically, how is it um, also done in a series of uh, sessions before they start or as they start, they decide how long they will continue with you? How do you organize that? Mm, That's a really great question. When they come to me, I'll typically ask uh, what is working and not working for themselves personally. Right. And what's interesting is what you're going to tend to do at we as human beings want to go, well, this is what's not working. This is what I, of course, is the problem. Okay. And that's usually like pointing the finger Right, sure. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I, so I always say, hey, I applaud you for coming in and raising your hand and saying, I don't know what to do here. I need mm-hmm. some help. That's always a huge, courageous, bold move yeah. for a couple, any couple. Yeah. Um, the next piece is look at this from your own perspective. What mm-hmm. is it that works or doesn't work? for you. And let's stay off the conversations about who so-and-so is, you know, or what so-and-so is doing right. and, and how you think you've arrived here. Let's right. just start with where you are right now. Right. And after that share, it it's obvious to me, just because I've been doing this for so long, where we need to go. Okay. We don't think of relationships and this conversation as garnering skill, but it mm-hmm. is such a skill-based journey. And the okay. analogy to wrap our heads around that is yeah. like, that of driving a car. There's the learning to drive a car, and then there's actually getting the keys in your yeah. hand oh, yeah. and driving the car, right? Yeah. And and both are required in order for you to, at some point in time, feel masterful in driving that car. And don't forget the space in between where it's a disaster, right? You're you're <laughs> off the curb, you're hitting the garbage can, right? You're 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 on the neighbor's lawn because you can't get the backup thing right. You panic and sweat when you parallel park. By the way, in Italy. I was struck, (laughs) but how incredibly masterful Italians are at parallel parking. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised myself. Boom. Anyway, (laughs) as you were talking about the driving, I was thinking about dancing and all of the theory and where you have to put your feet and everything in between hitting the garbage pail and having your feet. I broke two toes in one year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I love that analogy of dancing too. And I just heard something recently around that, that really struck me. So if I may, let me just go. Add yeah. that. Dancing. Yes. We have to learn the steps right. and, and we need to, to learn how to be in unison, but there's also no destination on a dance floor. There is no place we're trying to get. It's the right. beauty of the dance itself. Right. So yes. we can just let ourselves move in unison yeah. And that takes me to one of my core principles, which is there is no such thing as a failed relationship because every single one is going to contribute to who you are and who you're becoming. Yeah. And a great relationship is great because it works for the two 
Yeah. Or wink, wink, more people in it. So right. whatever your right. container right. or yeah. desire it is in that relational There's something realm. I'll add to this. Um, when we're talking about dancing, especially with Argentine tango, you do dance in unison. But it is fundamental that each person are in their own axis. If they lean on the other person, it's over. And vice versa, if the if the leader pulls the the follower, it's not going to work. And it, and it's fascinating. It's a, a wonderful metaphor for a relationship. Yeah, it is. And yet in tango, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a boleo. I think that's my favorite. Move, boleo, like yeah, the boleo. She she she, she leans in on the on yeah. the man, right? Yeah. And it's this graceful, elongated, beautiful. Leg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's all leg. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And and if we are on our own access, there are times where we can lean in and support each other. Well, yes, right? yes, you can. Just as long as you don't override or overstep because you fall. Inevitably, you, someone's going to fall. Um, mm -hmm. So now let's let's say that I started from uh, the back end and moving, you know, forwards. But we. I understand that your entire world, your entire activity, let's say, whether it has to do because you're you're also a host of a podcast. What's the name of the podcast? Let's have our listeners, uh, for our listeners, tell them. Yeah, Love Shack Live is the name Love of Love Shack Live, yeah. And it's a radio, It's it is live. And it's a lot of fun. But beyond that, and where you talk about relationships and you, again, I was a witness to that the other day when I was on your show and you highlighted once again, there are no failed relationships. And, um, you know, I I'm usually brought, um, Stacy to be the devil's advocate, unfortunately. The devil makes me do it, you know? I and, love it. You be yeah. the devil's advocate. We need that. <laughs> but but you usually, as the devil's advocate here, I would have said, look, Stacy, tell me when you work with the clients, couples, and it just doesn't work out. They just don't stay together. Do you acknowledge that? Do you acknowledge with them that it would be better for them to grow apart? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. In fact, there are many relationships. When I say there are no such thing as failed relationships, what I'm meaning is we tend to not value our relationships that don't last the long haul. Right. We don't value right. them. We don't give them a credence. We we start making up these stories in our thinking that I've done it wrong, they're wrong, somebody screwed it up here, yeah. right? And nine times out of ten, I'm trying to not end a relationship because I don't want to be the person that ends it. I don't want to be that person, person. who mm -hmm. did the relationship wrong. Right, the bad when cop. You've got to understand there are relationships that are not meant to go the long haul. Nonetheless, they have contributed to your life. And so exactly. I use that as a phrase to say, let's step away from this whole conversation. Because look, in, in my book that's coming out here the first of the year, I give a whole account What's of my relationship history. What's the title? The title is Marriage is Dead, A Divorce Mediator's Guide to Rescuing Your Relationship and Ensuring Love for a Lifetime. Oh, that's so it's, a mouthful, it's, it's, but it's great. It, great. Say it again. Wait, go. say it again. Uh-huh. Uh, marriage is Dead. Marriage is Dead, A Divorce Mediator's Guide 
to rescue your relationship and ensuring love for a lifetime, because that's what we're all after. We're, yes. in, we're after love for a lifetime. Yes, but, but it's interesting that you put it on the same, with the same breath that you say uh, marriage and you said long haul, there is divorce. You know, there, it's dead. Marriage is dead. So you're thinking, if I've understood, the marriage is dead. We both know that. Come on, grow up. Let's move on so we can grow. Is that the idea? Yes. Well, the book starts out. Um, the book starts out in exploring the history of marriage. Oh, just just not because not because it's right or wrong, but just as an exploration and an understanding about what is marriage, the institution come from. Yeah. yeah. And, and more importantly, what is the role that it is playing in your life right now? And what is the role you want it to play? Yeah. And I don't want to give it away, but you're going to come to a realization that marriage is a lot of things other than what we believe it to be. Mm -hmm or what we've been taught it to be. Mm -hmm. And so we need to kind of come to a, a, a rectification of that because what I oftentimes see in my office is that people try and put this layer of marriage as an, a guarantee to the longevity of the relationship, or yeah. we're going to have a baby, or we're going to buy a house together, or we're going to do something that will give us some sense of yeah. permanence, yeah. right? Where marriage isn't going to give a relationship anything that it doesn't already have. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. It's not going to ensure anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And so we've got to have better skills and tools if we do want things to go the long haul. And then we have to appreciate that love, just like anything else I'm going to get good at in my life, is going to require practice. Yeah. Well, and so I'll stop you there just a moment. Usually when someone writes a book, it is because they have grown and they want to give their expertise. And so I'm thinking... Stacy Bartley, boy, you've been around in terms of relationships to be able to say this, you know, and the smile on your face is a hard worked smile. You've earned it. Uh, I have earned it. Yeah. I, I absolutely. And so I, in the book, I share my, my story ah. because I want you to know I'm just a human being along right. this ride. Right, well. right. But I've also, I think on the show last uh, week, Claudia, mm -hmm. with you, I loved our conversation about all the different places of transformation. And I yeah. said, there was a point in time where I'm not proud of it, but in order to amass my own empowerment, I was dragging men home and having their <laughs> way with them because I was handmaiden who didn't have a backbone to stand on her own two feet. Yeah. I was that person. And yeah. then I got mad about that and swung really, really hard to the other side, like enough of this, I'm gonna play that role and yeah. see what happened. Yeah. And you said to me, oh, well, at least you did it with some grace because I was the cave woman. I just club them over the head and drag them in. Drag them in the cave. Yeah, I know. So, so brilliant. And when you've been around on the relationship journey, you can laugh about these things. Your listeners may be going, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, I have to say that people I really like, men who I really like, I tell them that. <laughs> I tell them, you know, look, this is what I usually do. So if we're here now, you're okay. <laughs> It's I, terrible. I, you know, it's, it's like this idea of like, look, okay, we tend to in our conversations without even thinking about it, count. Yeah. And then what are we counting? We're counting how many times you've been married. 
we've been talking about, we've been counting how many lovers we've had. Well, when do we start counting that in our evolution of human beings in love? Mm -hmm. Do we count our first kiss? Yeah. Do we count the first time I was out on an actual date? Do I count the times I've had sex? Those don't seem to count. Do I count? Sometimes they do. Do I count only the marriages? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and then when I get to a final tally and a number, what the hell does it all mean anyway? Right. Yeah. Does that tell you anything about me? <laughs> and believe it or not, you're going to want somebody who understands themselves in relationships. That's when it can start to get really good. Yeah. And, and we need all of that evolution and progression in order to be good at love, just like anything else. Yeah. And that's so there's hope. There's hope for really. us all. Is there oh, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> it's the stories that we make up about all of these, these experiences in yeah. our relationships and our love lives that hinder us. Yeah. We come up with horrible stories about ourselves, about mm-hmm. others. Um, we come up with, with, sayings that there'll never be another one, or I'll never be able to move on for this, or that was the best it's ever going to be, or I'm horrible at love, or I'm broken, they're broken. I mean, we have all of these crazy stories. And and what I want your listeners to understand is none of it's true. It's just a bunch of stuff that we've made up to try and express our experiences. And then we give no value to the experiences at all. Because they didn't take us where we thought they were going to take us. Yeah. Right. So in my book, that's what I was saying in the very last chapter, I lay out my entire relationship history with my significant relationships. And with each one, I highlight what I learned. Oh, my God. So did you, You, I mean, did you think about that before you wrote it? I mean, were you absolutely sure and okay with writing it all? Oh, well, I mean, as you know, Claudia, you've written books and you're a writer. Okay, there's always something terrifying about putting words on a page, right? And especially the more dear and true to the heart, right? The more it makes your armpit sweat, for sure. For sure. Right? But yeah. it's like, you just really got to let go of it. And it's yeah. this whole new layer of like self-acceptance of yeah. embracing your journey. I am sharing things in my book that as a person going through it many years ago, I swore I would never share with another Anyone. single soul. Yeah. And so, but and, you know, and here I, think, I am sharing it with the world. I know, but you know, sometimes I say, oh, but what if that person reads this? What have they got? You know, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny what you think, you know, the story. And you that- know what? They probably are. My my wonderful editor and, <laughs> and book coach says, you know, who's going to read your book? <laughs> First of all, all your family members and yes. all of your lovers. Oh, they want yeah. to know if you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> they want to know. I know. I know. I will, well, thanks for making me feel better about this. Right. <laughs> so right? here we are. We are talking about relationships, right? We have been talking about relationships. Now, you also have, um, as listed, one of the topics that you often talk about is the human relationships slash betrayal. And I jumped on that and I thought to myself, well, betrayal is a difficult word to plumb. You know, we, we, betrayal could be as bad as just telling a lie, someone a lie, or, you know, losing someone's trust or stealing their money and, and betrayal. Tell us what in, in your experience you've come across about betrayal. Betrayal is, is the, 
the undermining of our relationships. And when we think of betrayal, we typically think of the the big egregious ones of like infidelity, for right. example. That's usually where people go when you think about betrayal. Yeah. And what we don't realize until we really start to drill down on skills um, mm-hmm. and mastery of relationships is that betrayal is actually any form that causes me to feel like I just had that rug pulled out from under me. Like mm-hmm. I'm surprised about what's happened. I thought it was this and now it's that, you know, yeah. we're trying to rectify those things. Mm-hmm. So if we could put that in a simpler container, then we would start to recognize that there are all kinds of subtle forms of betrayal in our relationships. Yeah. And we don't categorize them as that. Nonetheless, their power to undermine our relationships over time is indeed mighty. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be things like conditional commitments, Mm. which what, is can make you clarify promise that, that. Have no clarify yeah. that a little bit make a promise to you for and it could be as simple these are often the things that undermine our relationships infrequently it's the big egregious things but they will lead us to the big egregious things mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is if i make a promise to you in a conditional commitment that i'm going to take the, the garbage out for example mm-hmm. and i'll get to it and then I come home and I see that you haven't taken the garbage out yet. Mm-hmm. That's a teeny tiny form right. of betrayal. Sure. Because I, you told me you were going to do one thing and then you did something right. else. And then, right. and then you're going to come at me with a story. Right. And then you might even get defensive about this. And this mm-hmm. is where things start to break down. I want to be clear here. It's not the fact that you didn't take the trash out. It's how we handle not taking the trash right. out and getting around. Mm-hmm. If we defend it, oh, you're always on me about taking the trash out. You know, why don't you just get off it? Let You're me do good. it. Long time, right? I mean, <laughs> you've missed the point. Yeah. And that's where it starts to, that's where it starts to really undermine yeah. your relationship. Instead, if I were to say, you know what? I promised I was going to take the trash out. I'll get to it right now. There will be no sense of betrayal there because you've addressed what you promised me. Yeah. And then you're going to take care of it, which it's not about not betraying. It's not about not making a mess, as I like to say. It's about how to know how to come back around and clean it up so that it doesn't undermine your relationship and all these things. Right, right. And this is the importance of communication um, because it's the way the communication is played out, um, what it eventually means. Yeah. Mm -mm. If I may, I want to talk about communication here for a moment because that's obviously those were there were those were words that I just used sure. right and so we go to the communication that is lacking in my relationship in yeah. fact out of 2000 surveys i did with individuals that were currently in partnerships every single person in that survey said communication was their number one problem oh look here's the truth every about single one that's 100% every single mm-hmm. one, that's 100% Um, We all believe that we have communication problems when it comes to our relationships, and we do. But if I were to just give you communication frameworks that you could memorize and change your communication, it wouldn't do anything for you. Right. What needs to what needs to happen is an understanding or inner working of myself. It's what I call emotional weightlifting. It's the ability to show up and use now the communication frameworks that you've been taught in moments where maybe I want to rip your face off or I want to get the heck out of dog. <laughs> give me a, give me an example uh, of communication. So yeah, if it- I have all the communication frameworks in the world, let's say, okay, I, I've just given you what I just said, mm-hmm. right? About, oh, you know what? You're right. I promised I was going to take the trash out and I mm-hmm. didn't do it. I'll do it in the next 15 minutes or I'll do yeah. it after dinner. I, right. I earmark 
a pinpoint. Okay, that's a communication framework. I call it communication sandwich. Um, if I go to defense instead, which is what we're going to do uh, nine times out of 10, because we don't even know to go to that communication framework, um, it won't matter because if I rip your face off, which is our first go-to typically, yeah. just, just ask yourself as a listener, what, what do you typically do? We do both of these as a human being, but which one do you reach for first? Are you one that avoids conflict? Are you a collapser? Mm-hmm. Right. And go, oh, okay, I'm just not going to say anything about it. Obviously, that ticked you off. We're not going to address the trash. Or are you um, a controller, which is where I'm going to rip your face off. Now, there is no right or wrong here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to paint the picture as though there's a good one and a bad one because Mm -hmm. there isn't. There's just human behavior about how we've been modeled and practiced showing up when our backs get pressed against the wall emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I want you to realize that until I learn how to regulate that, what comes out of my mouth is going to have no avail. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, very clear. An example? Yeah. Very clear. So if I come in and you say, oh, honey, you told me you were going to take the trash out and you didn't. And you go, oh, why are you always on my back? You're right. Really? Good. <laughs> why? You got that I'll down to, to a science. Like it, right? Yeah. I'll get to it when I feel like it. Get off my back about that. You've been riding me all week about the trash. <laughs> right. Okay. That's a, an example of control. <laughs> And yeah. I'm ticked and it's brought up a whole lot of emotion inside of me that yeah. has nothing to do with the trash. Mm-hmm. Of course. Now I might come in and somebody says, you didn't take out the trash. And I go, oh, I'm sorry. I know I'm horrible. It's, it's, <laughs> I can't even get it right. I just, you know, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Laughing. I'm laughing, I'm but I, I, I can see people do that, you know? Yeah. Oh, and we usually do one or the other. Yeah, yeah. And I drop whatever I'm doing and I run in and get the trash. And then I feel like this horrible person who's blown it again, who's made a mess, who doesn't deserve to be loved, who, you know, I, I have these whole narratives that we go to in what mm-hmm. I call our movies. And so in those particular cases, I just want to appreciate and the point I'm dry, trying to drive home here is it won't matter mm-hmm. what communication framework I've given you if that's where you're going emotionally mm-hmm. because you won't use them. Yeah. You won't yeah. use them. Yeah. So where we need to begin is in that emotional weightlifting gym of training myself, mm-hmm. of learning how I show up. And then I can show up and I can advocate for myself and I can say what I need to say and I can allow you to do the same. And if I don't have that ability, then that's where all these little betrayals yeah. come yeah. from. Yeah. Broken promises, innuendos, right? Saying yeah. things we don't but this is, you know, you've got it down to a science, even the face as you say, well, you got to take the trash. I love that. So, you know, <laughs> for me to ask you to change a little bit topic, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I should it because that was so good, but I'll try. <laughs> All right. You, you have a whole section of um, talking points that uh, revolve around play, intimacy, sensuality, and sex. And I'd like to take those together. Um, do you often address these issues with people you work with, or is that something that is less um, less prominent in the lives of people when they come to you? Yeah, it, it is something that I typically teach at the very end ah. of whatever work or workshops I'm teaching. And the reason that is, is it's really difficult when we're having problems yes. to talk about play. Right. What? <laughs> Talk about sex. Oh, hell no. Right? Like, <laughs> what? 
we're not going there. <laughs> I got problems. I got big problems. And I can't go there until we solve them. You know, that's just how we're wired. And so rather yeah. than fight against it, we've got to go with it. And once we ease that up a little bit and yeah. get some <sighs> in the relationship, yeah. right? Some permission, some letting go, some understanding of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then some success is built up there. Yeah. Most of us need a tremendous amount of safety to approach the idea of intimacy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. through the lens of play. Now, the irony of it is <laughs> we could go right to play. We really could. In fact, um, we can put our problems on but the how? shelf. You just put problems on the shelf mentally, but you have to have the ability to do it. But then to bring um, them back. They need to be. Oh, they're not going to go anywhere. Have you ever put your, have you ever put your problems on the shelf and not had them waiting for you when you come back? Of course. If so, I want to know how. (laughs) (laughs) And yet we're afraid that that's going to be the case, right? We're afraid that if I step away from this for a moment, or if I understand the problem from your perspective, that I'm, it's going to be contagious. It's going to get all over me. It's, yeah. it's going to be something that I'm going to lose my way with when actually that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. At any point in time when, our, when we're struggling in our relationship, if we could find or develop more of the ability to put our problems on the shelf and go play, mm-hmm. go have some wonderful lovemaking, right? Go share ourselves from this other place that we have access to as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would assert that our relationships wouldn't become so broken down and fragmented. In fact, it's a way to refuel the emotional energy in your relationship. And quite frankly, when we come to the end of love, it's because we run out of emotional gas. It's because Mm -hmm. we put off that feeling station for so long. Mm -hmm. I get to a place where we say things like, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. That's, I've run out of emotional gas. I've cared and tried to solve this problem so much without refueling myself or our relationship. I just got to go. Right. I can't do this anymore. And you're right. You can't do it anymore because you as an individual have exhausted yourself from the emotional gas perspective. You have nothing more to give. There's nothing left in the tank. Yeah, yeah. Right? So so play and intimacy, as delightful and pleasurable as it sounds, is actually a really critical component to keep your eye on when you feel like your relationship is starting to lose emotional gas. That tells you, okay, I don't know how we're going to solve this problem, but if we don't go back to some of the things that brought us to this place together, right? then we're going to, we're going to run out of gas. So we're going to put these on the shelf for the weekend and we're going to go romp around and pretend like we're Mm -hmm. kids and we're going to pretend like we're having an affair and we're going to have the greatest sex ever. And, and we're going to do all those things that we know bring new life back into our relationship. And then we can take another crack at those problems. Um, I'm looking uh, at this, uh, this qualification certified divorce mediator. And the mediator part of it is such a, a, a very difficult dance for a person to be uh, have in anything, but in divorce, even even more so. Um, I, I don't even know how to ask you the question because I understand that you wouldn't talk about actual cases because it's uh, there is a certain ethical um, uh, level that we maintain when we in our professional lives. But we can talk in general terms. Um, let's say in that position, the number of times that you've done it, if you can remember, have there ever been a, um, a moment when it was neck to neck? I mean, there was, it was just a, a stalemate. It just wouldn't go anywhere. 
there was no mediation to be had. When you get to that place, that means it's a clunk. And we have expressed and said everything I need to say. Mm -hmm. It's not from a place of going to blows. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, when when we do come to a place of like, there's nothing left to be said, Mm -hmm. it means we've gotten our internal clunk that I'm complete now. And unfortunately, I think that's the piece that we miss when relationships need to be let go of. Yeah. I call it um, a loving release because, again, my my philosophy is each one contributes to who you are. You've spent a lot of time emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially investing into this relationship. And my job as a divorce mediator when we come to that place is, number one, don't be so quick to go to the divorce place before you're complete. Right. And oftentimes that completion yeah. never happens. And that's why they're just nasty and ugly. Oh, and because we're hurt, we don't know yeah. what to do with that hurt. And so we attempt to make them pay, right? Or me pay mm-hmm. um, without realizing there's some wonderful gems there to uncover that are going to give you the answer that you're looking for, as well as the completion you need to go forward and let go of this. Yeah. And then value the experience that this relationship has contributed to your life. Oh, Stacey Bartley, ladies and gentlemen, if you have problems of this kind, now you know where to go because she is an expert. (laughs) She'll get you out of it. (laughs) Yes. Well, and and realize when we, when we come into, when you knock on the door of my office for a divorce, right, everybody's in like heightened panic mode. Unfortunately, we wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait some more and wait. (laughs) Like I'm trying to drive that point home. Why do we wait? If you had a medical problem and you couldn't solve it, if you didn't know what to do, you would wait for hours in the emergency room to get help. And in our relationships, quite honestly, we wait too long. There's been so many little forms of betrayal. There's been so much water under the bridge, as we like to say. I don't know if that's a term uh, internationally, but certainly um, in the States. And and then it's so hard to put the wheels back on. And so when people knock on my door, they are in a heightened state of fear and panic. Yeah, yeah. And they, they got to, oh, what are we going to do? I guess we're going to divorce. We got to hurry. We got to yeah, figure yeah, this yeah, out. Yeah. We got yeah. and And you're like, no, no, you actually need to slow down. You need to take a breath. You need to just, let's think this through. Are we, If we are going to do a divorce, don't you want to be certain that's your very best option? Right. Of course you do. Mm-hmm. Don't you want some completion about this? Of course you do. And so mediation for me is more about that process. Because once you come to the place of completion, everybody knows what's possible anyway. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's there. We it's don't there. have to decide. Right. You're just going to see what is. Yeah. And then we're going to know and understand why we can't go forward. Or we've been successful in making some progress and everybody wants to try again and go yeah. again. And I do that through my lease option contract for love. It's a it's a lease option contract where everybody can get all in for 30 days at a time. Oh, whoa. And then, now, wait a minute. You're going too fast there now. What is that? Okay, okay, okay. Um, it's a framework where it just helps us all get in. And, uh-huh. and we can't accomplish anything with one foot in and one foot out. Mm-hmm. So if, if a couple can say, well, let's work on these things that we've been struggling with by learning some skills and some frameworks. And let's see if we can make progress. Okay. So and however it goes, yeah. 
is going to tell you everything that's available in the relationship based yeah. on how the people and the parties are showing up. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Um, so when you we're talk make some success. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> when you talk about you've been uh, you've mentioned frameworks or a lot. So you have a framework for that. You have a framework for that. Um, and and it's it's it sounds like a campaign pol politician who says, "Oh, I've got a plan for that. I got a. Well, I don't remember who that was. <laughs> it was a woman. I can't remember who she was. Well, the framework. Now, when you say framework, is it something similar to a plan or something uh, within which you can work? How, how does? What do you mean by this framework? Oh, I love that you asked that question. I know. <laughs> Nobody's ever asked me that before, and I'm so glad you did. <laughs> I, am, I am always trying to take this very nebulous, um, sometimes daunting, heavy, um, emotional burden of relationships off of our shoulders and make it simple to use, simple to understand. Even I, as a professional in my work, sometimes read relationship books, and I go, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, I'm never going to get good at this. Right. And mainly like, got anything else for me? Like I, I can't take this on right now. Yeah. Right. It's like, mm. yeah. Holy cow. Um, and that's what I'm trying to accomplish with the frameworks. It's like, we have simple and easy to use frameworks where you can get a little bit of progress or take that exhale or make it seem like it's not so hard. Um, so it's it's sort of like a little task, a little hope, bit mm -hmm. of homework that someone yeah, has to me, do. Let uh -huh. me give you one. Let me give you one. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a simple little framework because okay. we talk about emotions and emotions are like these invisible nebulous things that like they time travel on us and they move they super time fast. Time travel, yes. They do. <laughs> I love you that. Bastard. I love that. <laughs> emotions time travel. I love that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> And, and so we don't talk a lot about how to manage our emotions or emotional bodies. We don't know how to care for them. Um, we're either drowning in them or we don't want to have anything to do with them. Right. You know, they, they just make it crazy and convoluted. And I say and do things I don't mean. And, yeah. and so who needs them, right? I don't want to time travel today. I need to be logic, <laughs> logical. I need to be sensible. I need, you know, so, but by nature, love is that emotional mm -hmm. process. It is all emotion. That's what we love about love, mm -hmm. right? It is this um, deep, deeply emotional experience. And you're right, it can take us anywhere. That's what yeah. emotions do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when we're trying to decide how it is or where it is we are as an emotional being, I have a little framework called an emotional cookie. Ah. An emotional cookie is like sitting down and trying to figure out the ingredients to your favorite chocolate chip recipe. Oh, what is it? So in that simple framework, okay, the emotional cookie is sit your butt down, breathe, and just be with where you are right now, wherever it takes you. What's in that emotional cookie? There could be a sprinkle of anger. There could be a splash of, right? Uh, sadness, there could be um, a little smattering, you know, to cream it all up of, of betrayal. Um, there could be a little bit of guilt, there could be right. Well, but what is it? Break it down for me and tell me what's in your emotional cookie. Mm -hmm. And then we can wrap our head around that instead of just saying, how do you feel? Well, I feel lots of things or I'm so overwhelmed emotionally. I don't know how the hell I feel. Yeah. Don't ask me that question. Yeah. It just makes me go. <laughs> 
you're in the wrong business. You should have been an actress. <laughs> I love human beings. I think they're incredible and they can be messy and mean and nasty and awful as well and everything in between. And I think it's it, the embracing of the human journey that I love the most. Yeah, and we all deserve coach. to be loved. We, we all deserve to be acknowledged, whatever that might be. Um, and so these little frameworks are just simple, easy to use things that you can have some success without feeling like you have to take on the whole thing all at once. Yeah. And I have many of them. I have lots of them. Oh, I'm so And I will glad. develop and continue to develop I'm more of so them as I I'm so glad that you're working with emotions. I don't have patience. <laughs> I don't have the patience. I do. I mean, I, I know all about emotions. I'm very emotional. I mean, you know, <laughs> very emotional. But... Uh, I I, I I don't couldn't do that. I couldn't do what you're doing. You have uh, patience. It seems that you have a lot of patience. Is that true? Yeah, for the most part, yes. <laughs> I don't have a lot of patience for myself, but I do have a lot of patience for others. <laughs> ah. Oh, that's now that's very good. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, that's what you have to do if you're working with others. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Stacy, I'm so happy that you were able to come here tonight. Tonight, tonight for me, it's morning for you. But um, it's it's. I often speak to coaches, right? The coach is a, a general word, a life coach, this coach, that. But it's very rare that you find a person who in that much detail, talks about relationships. I mean, to the level of a cookie, okay? Uh, because <laughs> because it, it does bring in the play and there's no detachment. You do, there is, I'm not saying that correctly because you are in many ways detached, but not to the point of being outside of a person's issue. It's very clear to me, and I've been listening to every single word you said, that you have, first of all, firsthand knowledge of what you're doing, and that is clear. And secondly, your intention of bringing about the best possible outcome is also very clear in, in how you present your work. Um, and then, you know, there's this mediator persona who is really in the, if I talk about archetypes, in the judge's uh, uh, quality of an archetype. And a judge is a person who is detached, but in a way of studying and analyzing um, certain cases. And you deal with cases. People become cases. Their relationship is a case. It's fascinating. It's really fascinating because it's not only and only you know i'll i'll uh, in in quotations mark it's not only psychology it's much much more and usually we use that term of psychology to to you know to to define everything but it's not just that um it was fascinating 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 i do hope we can come and have you again sometime in the future stacy thank you Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Claudia, it's such a pleasure. And I would absolutely say 
you are a very passionate, expressive, <laughs> beautiful human being. <laughs> when you sweet. said, I don't want to deal with that emotional piece. I'm like, oh, but you are such a bundle of inspiration and passion. <laughs> like, And I love how it just ekes out. You can't even help yourself. So, Listen, one more awesome. time. One more time. Say it slow. The title of your book. So we all can hear that. Slow. Oh, I will. I will. The title of the book is Marriage is Dead, A Divorce Mediator's Guide to Rescuing Your Relationship and Ensuring Love for a Lifetime. And you can get all of the details of me, my work, etc. Um, on my webpage at stacybartley.com. The only thing you need to make sure you get right is the spelling of my name. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to check us out and Google us is on our Love Shack Live podcast, which yes, LaClaudia, we had such a great time. We'll definitely have you come back in the Love Shack. (laughs) Love Shack. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) Bye-bye, Stacy. Bye-bye, Claudia. Hope to see you again soon. 